everybody. Welcome to Saint Misbehaving, the podcast about saints from people who are not. I am your host, Matthew Shadorn, and I am joined, as always, by my chief researcher who's convinced herself she's overqualified for this job, Anna <laughs> Domini. Anna, how are you doing today? I'm very well, thanks. I am gamefully employed, so you know, <laughs> that does make me uh, more qualified than you at this stage, I think. I don't see how that, that, that translates. I mean, you don't, are you gamefully employed as a theological researcher? No, no. No? No? To be fair. And, and, and just to be clear... No one else has even attempted to employ you as a theological researcher. Is that correct? I believe not. Yeah, that, that yes. is okay. correct. All right. And I would also like to point out that you're not the first person I asked to do you this. Approach. Or even the second, from my understanding. <laughs> I guess technically I approached myself first to, to be the researcher. And then <laughs> and then you were like, I, I am overqualified I am for overqualified. this. It's just that I'm, I'm better qualified at other things. Right. Okay. But how are you doing today, Anna? <laughs> well, feeling very confident in myself. You should. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm all right today. So you're doing well then? I, I'm doing okay. It, You know, the sun is shining. That's always nice. <laughs> you know, Doesn't I'm, hurt. I'm still, you know, there's still a, a pandemic and a war. So that's fun. <laughs> yeah, but, but blue skies. So on balance, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, have you done anything saintly or experienced anything miraculous lately? I did something fairly saintly in that I went to church the other day. Really? It's wild. Yeah, well, so what happened was... <laughs> Just the... popped in to be like, you're living a lie, you people. <laughs> You're all no, I just, just thought I'd go in and plug the podcast and then leave. <laughs> As you know, I, I used to work for Daily Info, which is a local company that promotes everything going on in Oxford. It's very mm -hmm. good. And I'm still on their list of reviewers. And they had a request to review a concert in a church. Mm. And I was like, if no one else wants to go, I'll do it. Because I know how, like, the, the person who coordinates the reviews is now in the position that I used to be in. And I know how much of a, like, nightmare it is when people are really desperate for you to send someone and no one is interested in that thing and it's really difficult to say sorry your thing sounds rubbish no one wants Ooh, to go sorry maybe try harder next time yeah <laughs> try making it good uh, yeah. hey here's just a just an open criticism just you know you can take this if you want just what if it was good <laughs> huh maybe I try mean, that next time huh <laughs> yeah the, the thing is so it was a three hour long performance of it's called the jo johanna's passion so it's bark setting the gospel of john to music for three hours in mm. german <laughs> and i when i said yes i'll do it only if no three one hours Jeez. yeah <laughs> when i said i'll do it if no one else wants to i did not realize it was three hours just is it also very german like there will be no breaks <laughs> no there was a break to be fair but um it was the church was absolutely baltic they had radiators but they didn't put them on Oh. And I was in like so many layers. So anyway, so I said, yeah, I'll go. And then she was like, great. No one else has said yes. So you're going. And it was like, oh, God. So, um, yeah, I I sat through three hours of German classical music in a very freezing church for the sake of promoting the arts and doing good for my community, I guess. Mm. And I wrote them a very nice review, despite the fact that I don't know very much about classical music. I mean, again, the subject matter I was quite familiar with, but... Uh, it's not really my cup of tea, mm. and that's what I dedicated my Saturday evening to. Are you familiar with the subject matter in German? Like no, but <laughs> like you, at any point where you're just like, gospel. yeah, or you're like, well, they did, they're like covering the book of John. It's like, did they leave in the Sermon on the Mount? I don't know. I couldn't tell. <laughs> Unfortunately, they so John's gospel is the most anti-Semitic one. He had a real 
problem with Jews. (laughs) And in German, you say. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So it was a bit, it was a bit grating on that. So in, I think in some translations, they say like the rabble or the crowd. And in John, it's just like, no, it's the Jews. Let's pin it on the Jews. So that's, um, yeah, a a bit sort of jarring. John, John, can we at least edit out the word dirty before Jews? (laughs) Oh, gosh. I think you might have to edit that out, the whole thing. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so they didn't really address that in the program. And I didn't say that in the review. I wasn't like, you know, they didn't go into the analysis of why. why (laughs) The headline of the review wasn't anti-Semitic church puts on good program. (laughs) (laughs) No, so that that was that was awkward. But no, they they had basically the whole program. It was sort of like you had to follow it along Uh because they had like the German lyrics and then the English translation. Okay. so you were like listening and and reading at the same time so it was it was more like just yeah cold Ooh. reading with background music yeah. <laughs> as like an event the world's worst silent film <laughs> yeah i'd say it was a very improving activity you know expanding my my knowledge of german because mm. i might actually get to learn german in my new job really yeah because a, a lot of the fellows are german and the universities that they correspond with are based in germany so um but i'm sure it's one of those things where like i'll be so bad at it that everyone will probably be like let's just speak in english it's like we all speak perfect english you do not have to go yeah. through this pathetic theater the with learning a a new language is that like i i did gcse french and we went to paris and they're like the parisians just had no time for our like attempts at speaking french (laughs) like that's the thing i found in france is unless you're like way out in the country or you're talking Mm. to somebody who's just really old and probably still speaks english but just didn't have time for your young person bullshit (laughs) um everybody there speaks english and it's not an issue and then i feel bad like i feel like an ugly american because i'm just like uh, alice is always i mean you are but yeah well you know in so many ways but like alice will go up to people and start kind of talking in her pigeon french like her bits yeah. of french and i'll just come up and I'll be like howdy y'all can i get me a croissant that's a lovely bistro you got there but what if it had golden arches over it <laughs> you guys wait so you have croissants but you don't have croissants well this is kind of bullshit. Oh, wow <laughs> but anyway how about you matthew have you done anything saintly or had something miraculous happen to you well i'm glad you've asked anna <laughs> i thought you'd never ask i was like jesus christ when's this, when's this story about this jew hating church gonna end um, um, wow. anyway, I'm, I'm glad you made it out with your life. Yeah. <laughs> I want to issue a bit of a mea culpa. Oh, okay. A, an apology, an admission to of, me of wrongdoing. To me to our listeners? <laughs> not to you. Not to... <laughs> No, shut up. Never to you. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I wanna and I wanna and I wanna beg for forgiveness to the fine people of Finland. Uh, <laughs> a couple of a couple of episodes back during our Saint Siegfried Saint Siegfried episode, mm-hmm. I did my definitive power rankings of Scandinavian nations. And uh-huh. I put Finland at the bottom. And then I found out that Finland is like the third most popular country for downloading this podcast. <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's like 40% wow. the UK. It's like 40% the US. And then it's like 2% Finland. It's a big drop off. But they yeah, are third on the still list. still number three. <laughs> They're okay. still number three on the list. Wow. So to, I would like to issue a very heartfelt apology to the 2% of our loyal listeners who I'm <laughs> Well, they're probably not listening anymore, are yeah, they? Yeah, <laughs> it's like this might fall on deaf ears. Yeah. <laughs> if you have a Finnish friend where then you were like we used to like to listen to this and then he was shitting on Finland and I I uh, I would like to apologize to Finland. They seem like a fine
fine nation of wonderful people who enjoy quality comedy. And um, <laughs> I hope that I hope that this hasn't driven a wedge, an irrevocable wedge between ourselves and the fine Finnish people. I'm sure it's a great country, and I'm sorry. I made I made a snap judgment based on no, a low information. You know, as I said, I've never been to Finland. Finland, if you want to send me a ticket, you know, send us You'll both a ticket. You'll have to go on like a diplomatic visit now. Yeah, we will. I'll, I will apologize directly to your head of state. <laughs> You're... And the head of the Church of Finland. And the head of the Church of Finland. Is there a Church of Finland, you think? No, I think they, they're secular. Yeah. But they're, they're still a church in Finland. Yeah. So your president or your prime minister or your king? king? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I didn't look. I should look more into Finland. Wow, <laughs> this, this heartfelt apology is sounding less and less heartfelt by the it, second. It went off there. I should have stopped talking. I should have stopped it. I'm sorry. I, I want to issue my heartfelt apology to the smelliest people on earth. <laughs> no, that's not why. I, I just, you know, I, I'm sorry. Like. I didn't come in here with a lot of information about Finland, and I apologize for that. But I would like to apologize. <laughs> you're, for... you're saying your 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 transgression was ignorance, right? And, and in I... your apology, you are displaying further ignorance. I am yes. <laughs> My position is evolving. I've been doing a lot of reading. Well, I'm planning on doing a lot of reading. <laughs> <laughs> Anything that's available for free on the internet. Yeah, and so tune into our new side podcast, Finn Misbehaving, where we talk about <laughs> history. Surely, Saint Misbehave Finn. Come on. <laughs> No, there you go. All right. Yeah, see, there you go. Ain't <laughs> well, there were some others. Uh, I think we're going to do St. Eric at some point soon in the future. So, yeah, if you do have finished friends and you're trying to persuade them to come back yeah. we will be a lot more respectful of Finland in that episode maybe I, no no refunds but you can also you know what I'm we're, you're gonna you can go to cafe press and get our new t-shirts we respect Finland <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh so anyways I just want to apologize to Finland because I didn't realize that you guys were fans of ours and I I reciprocate that back to you so thank you Finland anyway <laughs> so you're gonna do some kind of saintly pennant um have you been sleeping on the floor for the last week? Sure. Eating only bread, eating no meat. To I've be cut fair. out. Uh, yeah, I cut, I cut out. I cut down on coffee, but that's out mostly because respect, I had a dull, yeah. persistent headache for weeks, and I was like, maybe I should try to figure out what's going on with this. Wow. So it's either that, or I'm having a very slow stroke. So. Okay. Excellent. Anyways, Anna, today is March thirteenth, twenty twenty-two. Who is today's saint? Well, as you probably anticipated, I am looking forward a few days to the. 17th of March because that is my mum's birthday no um oh. <laughs> Do you know what the 17th of March is? I reckon you could guess this one. Is it St. Patrick's Day? It is St. Patrick's Day. Please oh. don't try and do an Irish accent. <laughs> what are we going to do now for our show in Dublin? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I guess we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. I mean, there's enough on St. Patrick that we could probably do a special bonus. I mean, how many of our listeners are in Ireland right now? Mm, I don't know. Uh, well, that, not as many as are in Finland. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. So we should concentrate on our Finnish content. And you know what? Ireland can go fuck itself. <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay. Cut to two weeks from now. I would like to apologize to the people. <laughs> ah, very good. Yes. But anyways, so... We uh, could do another Irish say. We could do St. Columba. That's true. There's lots who of I Irish. found out this week is not a woman. Um, oh, that is surprising. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so yeah, St. Patrick. St. Patrick. Go ahead. <laughs> Knock it out. There you go. Here we go. Ready? We're yeah, all ready. We're all set. One. Let's go. It's, well, he's one of the most, well, the world's most popular saints, according Pop to Possibly, my... yeah. The most famous saint. Yeah. You know, that isn't just like the name of a place. Well, interestingly enough, like, you know, we had Valentine's Day and I'd say Valentine's Day is probably bigger than St. Patrick's Day, but we've got a lot more info on Patrick than Valentine. Yeah, but so... nobody calls it Patrick Day. 
but people That's call true. it Valentine's Day. So people might not realize it has something to do with a saint. Oh, uh, okay. Whereas this one, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just much like, more linked. It's just a day for celebrating all the great Patricks in our lives. Swayze, Patrick from your Swayze, favorite film. Of course, that's true. Uh, um, our, our friend Ed Patrick, doctor and comedian and author. Yes. <laughs> but are you saying that so he promotes us in one of his things now? <laughs> no, I just, that's no, fine. I'm just, I'm just saying. Okay. He's a good guy. I, I, I talked to him the other day. Nice guy. Excellent. Getting married, you know. Oh. Oh, yeah, I did see he got engaged. Mm. Didn't get an invite, though. <laughs> well, he hasn't scheduled it yet or whatever. Uh, well, that's what he's told you anyway. Uh, <laughs> Anywho. So, Patrick was born somewhere in Roman Britain at some time. <laughs> Great. We're starting, this is how we're starting out? Yeah. <laughs> Vaguely Britain, vaguely. Yeah. Do we have, we, I mean, it must be some vague idea. So his autobiography provides no... Patrick on Patrick? <laughs> uh, I think it's called The Confession. Oh. Basically, he, I think he uses a language or something like that that can make it no more specific. Or, you know, a vernacular oh, okay. that can date no more specifically than the 5th century, generally. Oh, okay. So, like, some sources wanted to put an exact date on it, but that's more from a kind of religious sort of wanting to make the tale sound more historical than it actually is kind of okay. place. They're trying to add details after the fact to make it seem yeah, more legit. for sure. But yeah. he was a real person, right? He was, and he wrote this confession, and... The world's first tell-all. <laughs> <laughs> Some juicy deets. Yeah, I'm fairly sure he was a real person. There are, like, lots of historians working on him, but, interestingly, he's revered as the first evangelist to Ireland, but he probably wasn't, because there was this other guy... <laughs> Is he, like, the see. first evangelist that lived? Like, <laughs> the first few who went... <laughs> and ever came back. Yeah. Like, did you hear about that story a couple years ago about some asshole who's like, there's this tribe that doesn't like to be bothered, so I'm going to bring them the word of Christ. And then he was <laughs> brutally murdered. <laughs> yeah. And everybody was like, what did you think was going to happen? Yeah. And, <laughs> and I think some people were like, well, what a tragedy. This, this like mm. Christian soldier and everybody else was like no he's a fucking asshole <laughs> paternalistic dick he's like he got yeah. what he gets you know it's like anyways basically so the guy went to Ireland before him called Palladius mm -hmm. and he also did some evangelizing and stuff but Patrick was more popular and basically over the course of time all the legends about Palladius <laughs> have been like subsumed into Patrick's <laughs> legends as well to the point where this is one of the, the issues with dating Patrick is that <laughs> Got commitment issues? <laughs> hey, no, as in like when he was born and stuff. So like there's a 5th century date that's given for his arrival in Ireland as 432. Mm -hmm. But that was to try and push him basically to much sort of later than Palladius so that they're not like overlapping. overlapping and, okay. Yeah. I see what you're saying. To, to minimise Palladius's contribution. So really it should be Palladius's day is what so, I'm saying. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's like, is Palladius a woman? Is that why his contribution? were all <laughs> erased or yeah, maybe. a person of color possibly wow i mean hey, we know, you know what? something I've... about them so they're probably not a woman or a person of okay. color i was gonna say just like i've been... studied history before and this who's the who's the lady who like discovered dna and then crick and watson were like um actually we discovered dna thank you i don't know oh, i forget what her name if is. you're gonna use her as an example you should probably know her name uh. <laughs> It's like Marie Curie was asked, what's it like to be married to a genius? And she said, ask my husband. <laughs> nah. Very good. Um, yeah. I was Googling woman who discovered DNA. And the, when, when you type in woman who, Google mm, guesses oh woman who sells farts. Wow. <laughs> 
People really want to find her. Uh, uh, Rosalind Franklin. Yeah. So is this like Rosalind Franklin, Wait. the lady who discovered <laughs> DNA? Wow. Matthew, you're such a great feminist that you know female, eminent female scientists. Well, my wife is an eminent female scientist. Oh, that's true. So you, you know at least two. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Rosalind Franklin, she uh, then Crick and Walk. Anyways, whatever. I have to cut this whole thing out. Yeah, it was. Oh, no, no, no. I think it's good. But anyway, we haven't got very far in the story. All right, let's and go. there's a lot to get through. So his birthplace is not known with any certainty. Some traditions place it in England. One identifying it as Glanaventa, which is modern-day Ravenglass in Cumbria. Uh, oh, modern-day Ravenglass in Cumbria. Yes, we all know where that is. <laughs> Some historians say it's near Carlisle. Others argue that it's a bit further east of Carlisle on Hadrian's Wall. There have also been claims for Scotland and Wales. Somewhere in Roman Britain is as specific as we can get. Sometime mm. in the 5th century. Fine. <laughs> but we know his father was called Calpurnius, and mm. he's described as a decurion which is a senator and tax collector of an unspecified roman british city okay and his grandfather was called petitus or petitus and he was a priest (laughs) he was a priest from somewhere called bonavan tabernia but patrick's confession says he wasn't an active believer Mm -hmm. was he a priest like a roman priest or like a catholic priest or a christian priest unclear i'm afraid doesn't say but i think the implication is christian because the next sentence is patrick's confession says he was not an active believer in his youth so Hmm. yeah that implies that in contrast to his grandfather i see you see so after he's born (laughs) we don't know much about his childhood but according to his confession at the age of around 14 or 16 Mm -hmm. he was captured by a group of irish pirates Irish pirates. Yeah, from his family's villa, which is like, <laughs> Wait, oh what? no, <laughs> they, they broke into his enormous house and it's took like, him away. They were, they were doing pirate raids on a villa. Was the villa like on a ship? Was it like a floating villa? No, but it was thought to be near-ish the sea. Again, okay. this is part of like the difficulty with locating him. But anyway, so they captured him mm-hmm. and took him to Ireland where he was enslaved and held captive for six years working as a shepherd, which I find oh. very odd <laughs> that like, why? Uh, Irish pirates recruiting shepherds like or do they have dealings with farmers and what's this like black market sheep labor that that the Irish pirates are involved in that's a whole story in itself I think I mean or did they like yeah so did the pirates have their own flocks of sheep and then <laughs> or, or are they and selling the shepherding involved like you know helping the shep- the sheep to be more resistant to seasickness yeah they're trained sheep that are like attack sheep and you just you you see those Irish pirate ships you know and there's the eerie silence <laughs> instead of the jolly roger yeah. they've just got a sheep, <laughs> sheep up there. there but then they pull alongside and there's that eerie silence before all the sheep just leap over the, <laughs> the side <laughs> <laughs> you load up your sheep cannons and you oh my god <laughs> fire them at the sheep. so a lot of unanswered questions there yeah I mean, is it that they would like then sell them on to farmers who would then i guess so yeah, yeah. or plantation owners so, or whatever. so yeah so but he was still meant to be in captivity right so yeah the, the farmers may not have been pirates but they were certainly not ethical <laughs> They still enslaved. They're they're not the best people. Let's just say uh, (laughs) slightly problematic. Uh, Yeah, I mean you gotta. You've always got to be careful, you know, with your your organic lamb. 
Yeah, the the lamb may be free range, but you know, what about the, the people looking after it? <laughs> Was you know? the shepherd free range? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Patrick writes in the confession that the time he spent in captivity was critical to his spiritual development. Okay. He explains that the Lord had mercy on his youth and ignorance and afforded him the opportunity to be forgiven his sins and convert to Christianity. Oh, okay. So while in captivity, he strengthened his relationship with God through prayer, eventually leading him to convert. So, I mean, I guess if all you've got to talk to is sheep all day, maybe you start praying i mean it does seem like a good time to start praying is when you've been when kidnapped by pirates <laughs> yeah yeah forced to look after sheep well interesting you should say that because it becomes irrelevant to the story in a minute but he said irrelevant relevant obviously um, it seems I, I also like it seems weird that he like of all this the jobs that he was could have been given as a slave he was a shepherd yeah it's like it's, it's it a feels a bit jesus job isn't it yeah i was gonna say it feels a bit too like <laughs> on the nose <laughs> on the nose that's the word yeah that's the term I'm looking for just like a it's little like, too symbolic yeah well like, it's interesting was... you should say that okay actually well i'll tell you in a minute because well i'll i'll show you part of the story and then you'll, just you'll just see tell why me the story. Just the... You're, no you're just getting ahead of it and um but you're, you're too smart for this is what i'm saying anyway he said the love of god and his fear grew in me more and more as did the faith and my soul was rosed so that in a single day i have said as many as a hundred prayers and in the night nearly the same so <laughs> really paying attention to the shepherding just really um, sounds desperate at this point <laughs> <laughs> i prayed in the woods and on the mountain even before dawn i mm -hmm. felt no hurt from the snow or ice or rain so clearly praying is his jacket right this is a this is a great lesson to people who are in poverty or homeless have you thought about prayer, prayer. instead of like <laughs> food and shelter christ that's what we're all gonna have to rely on soon i've said it before i'll probably say it again <laughs> <All right. laughs> so anyway after six years of captivity he heard a voice telling him that he would soon go home and that his ship was ready fleeing his master he traveled to a port 200 miles away where he found a ship and with difficulty persuaded the captain to take him he's like your ship is ready it is 200 miles really away. far away <laughs> can you get there on foot it's leaving tomorrow <laughs> it doesn't yeah it's like it doesn't sound like it's ready it sounds like if my ship was ready i feel like it would be at the nearby port mm. <laughs> not 200 miles which away. surely like having been captured by pirates like again you'd think he'd be near the coast maybe but, but also like 200 miles it seems like is there anywhere that's 200 miles in ireland it doesn't seem like that big a place <laughs> anyway yeah whatever. maybe he just got lost He's i don't think like... god thought that through but so go ahead uh so he, he gets on his ship and then he convinces the captain so he's got to yeah. talk his way onto the ship. Wait, so it doesn't sound very ready at all. Yeah. So, well, that maybe that's it. Maybe he didn't have a very good grasp of geography. Mm. So he went to the port 200 miles away. And that's why he had to persuade the captain. And there was a captain on a ship, you know, three miles away that was like waiting for Patrick. Like, <laughs> they told me he'd be here. I got, a, I got a message from an angel to wait for this guy, Patrick. Uh... Yeah. There's a real, real cock up in heaven. Seems like they really should have, uh, yeah, figured figured out their logistics better. There's just like yeah. such poor communication in heaven. I think that's a lot of the the moral of a lot of these stories is like if people could just communicate a little bit better. There's no HR in heaven. That's the mm. problem. You can't spell heaven without HR. Oh, wait, wait, yes you can. Yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So after three days sailing, they landed presumably in Britain and apparently all left the ship, walking for 28 days in a wilderness and becoming faint from hunger. Wait, but why did they all leave the ship? All the sailors? Yeah, I think the implication is. Is they wanted to come with Patrick and see what he was doing because he was saintly. I guess. Or it's like, I got a villa. Yeah, <laughs> He's yeah. He's pretty well off. <laughs> yeah, that's my, good point. My dad collects all the taxes. And, uh, and uh, yeah, doesn't pass them off. Maybe that's how he talked his way onto the ship. Yeah. He's like, actually, my parents are quite well off. Uh, so that's so. why. So they, they didn't actually like him. They're just coming with him to get their payment for, for taking yeah. him there. 
Yeah, that's there's cool. no Christian charity here. It's just like, yeah, we want do you know money. who my father is? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so after Patrick prayed for sustenance, they encountered a herd of wild boar. And since this was shortly after Patrick had urged them to put their faith in God, his prestige in the group increased greatly. So they pay- prayed for food and encountered some oh. living beings. Uh, okay, I was confused. Oh about, yeah, so like, the wild boar a... were for food. They didn't attack for food. Them. Not like it wasn't like a danger. Like he yeah. got rid of the wild boar. Okay, fine. No, okay. they were they were probably <laughs> very tame wild boar or like asleep maybe. <laughs> Turns out they were quite ill and uh, died from eating the meat. <laughs> oh gosh! Well, maybe, but we don't hear about that. After various adventures, <laughs> of which I can find no further. Also, detail. wait, why? Why do they? They have a ship, and they're professional mm-hmm. sailors. Why did they land in like the wilderness? Why did yeah, they land at, like true. a port? And then, like... well, look, we don't know where Patrick was born. Maybe he didn't either. He's not the greatest <laughs> at geography, it seems. It's just yeah. I uh, my house. Uh, it was a big house. It was blue. <laughs> It's a villa. It's near a tree. Fact. Do you guys know that place <laughs> that's near a tree? And, and within easy reach of pirates. Yeah. It's somewhere on yeah. the coast. So let's just yeah. land on the coast and then we'll just kind of walk around the whole place and see. Yeah. Eventually find we'll find pigs. it. Find some tasty pork. After some various adventures, he eventually returned home to his family, now in his early 20s. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it took him a while to find them. After returning home to Britain, he continued to study Christianity. Mm-hmm. However, so this is what I didn't want to jump ahead to but a recent alternative interpretation of patrick's departure to ireland Mm -hmm. suggests that as the son of a decurion he would have been obliged by roman law to serve on the town council or curia but instead chose to abscond from the onerous obligations of his office by fleeing abroad as many others in his position had done in what became known as the flight of the curiels (laughs) so when you're like oh this is a bit convenient that he becomes a shepherd historian roy fletchner also asserts the improbability of an escape from servitude and journey of the kind that Patrick purports to have undertaken. He draws attention to the biblical allusions in Patrick's own account, uh-huh. e.g. The, th- the theme of freedom after six years of servitude in Exodus, mm-hmm. which implies that perhaps part of the account may not have been intended to be understood literally. So when you were like, oh, it's a bit it's a bit too convenient, yeah, the dis- symbolism of yeah. becoming a shepherd, it's also like if he was actually in captivity, like he wouldn't have been able to escape so easily. <laughs> It did kind of glaze over just like one day, just like, you know what? I'm going to go, guys. Uh, Yeah, it's weird that God's like, I can get you out, but I'm going to wait six years. You got to earn it, kid. So wait, so instead they're saying like he was supposed to serve on the town council. Yeah. And he was like, I don't. And it was so onerous that he would rather go to Ireland and tend sheep. It's not like he's going to be conscripted into the military. It's like he just has to serve on the town council. Like this is Listen, people fucking hate tax collectors. That's probably, yeah, I guess it's true. I guess it's probably just, it's like just a lot of boring bureaucracy. I'd rather be rolling in sheep shit than dealing with paperwork right now. It was like a classic teenage gap year, maybe. Or six gap years. It does sound like he's took a bunch of money from the house <laughs> he just stole a bunch of money and he's like i'm gonna fuck off and live in ireland he lives in ireland probably not even a shepherd probably just like just as a gad about just playboy, like living yeah yeah playboy just living in ireland you know hanging out in the streets of dublin uh you know going to clubs drinking having fun you know after six years the money's running low maybe it's time to come back to the old villa and uh, it's like oh my gosh pirates oh wow the, oh and yeah. i was asleep for six years oh no yeah that's that's a very good point so after a few years of being at home again patrick had a vision uh vision says i should take a bunch of money and i'll go to (laughs) france this time (laughs) oh my god are you serious (laughs) how did you (laughs) 
<laughs> that is actually what he did. What? <laughs> he went no. to France. Ah, see, see, I know oh this shit. God. Like, man, Saint <laughs> Patrick is the saints are really predictable. Though. Oh man, no, I this guy is a is a real piece of shit. He's just like <laughs> he's he's a real scam artist. And <laughs> anyway. Oh no, French pirates now. <laughs> no, no. Sacre Les pirates. So he goes. To, so really, so he goes to France. Yeah. So he had a vision. It says, uh, take all your money and go to France. No, for, so for a while, he studied in France, principally at Auxerre, and he was mm. ordained into the priesthood by St. Germanus of Auxerre, who know. was the same famous bishop who inspired our very first subject, St. Genevieve. Oh, I was wondering why Auxerre so sounded a, familiar. Yeah, yeah, it's a crossover episode. So if you're new to this podcast, you can go back and listen to that one. It's probably bad because it was yeah, listen a long time ago. <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, by the time you get to that, you'll love us, so you won't, yeah. you'll forgive us. But be forgiving. Um, you'll be like, wow, they got way better. Yeah, so so that's a, a fun little overlap. And he visited other places in France, including Marmoutier Abbey and oh. Lerin Abbey, mm. which I think that was where he got tonsured, you know, the bad monk haircut. You get the bad monk, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so then after that, he acted on his vi- vision and returned to Ireland as a Christian mis- missionary. Mm-hmm. According to some scholars, his landing place was Wicklow in County Wicklow at the mouth of the river Inverday. Some even suggest Wicklow's that Wicklow... North of, is north of Dublin, right? Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to the Wicklow Mountains. I've been biking oh. up on those mountains. I went well, to the highest well pub done. in Ireland. Oh, very nice. Up in the Wicklow Mountains. I, was, I just got a Guinness there. It's probably gotten that anywhere. Does the altitude change the flavor? Or? No, I don't know. I don't, yeah. It's not that high. Yeah. No, the difference between the highest pub in, in Ireland and the lowest pub in Ireland is uh, not substantial. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's not that, that much of a prestige marker. No. Anyway, so some even suggest that Wicklow was also the port that he escaped through when he made his escape after six years in captivity. Mm-hmm. Although the evidence for this is a bit thin. So it's probably more like hype up the symbolism just that's just the wicklow board of tourism like landing place and escape point for i Saint mean patrick. the thing is i feel like there are so many places in ireland <laughs> could be like patrick was here yeah. anyway tradition has it that he was not welcomed by the locals and was forced to leave and seek a more welcoming na- landing place further north um <laughs> it doesn't really speak well to the people of wicklow though then why are they <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's why uh, that's why they don't like to mention it they're tourists yeah. anyone welcome as long as your name isn't patrick everybody's welcome as long as you don't try and push your stupid religion on us we've yeah. got all the religion we need thank you yeah he rested for some days at the islands off the scary's coast Ooh, it's a spooky coast <laughs> <laughs> it's a scary coast it's a coast of skeletons <laughs> <laughs> they were the only people willing to listen to his bible chat one of these islands retains the name of innis patrick there are several legends about what happened next with the most prominent claiming that he met the chief of one of the druid tribes who tried to kill him fair <laughs> enough i mean yeah. you yeah. know we didn't have such a stringent rule of law an understandable reaction to annoying bible bashers right (laughs) sure yeah i mean like they've got conflicting goals here because he's like i'm trying to keep this druid thing going and you're in here Mm. with this you know this whole new fad of (laughs) (laughs) with your book learning so after an intervention from god patrick was able to convert the chief 
and preach the gospel throughout Ireland. What was the intervention? It's just like, uh, I don't know, he got hit by lightning. And then, uh, yeah. I mean, maybe it's like he's trying to convert the chief and he gets hit by lightning. And then you're just like, yeah, who else wants a bit of the wrath of God? <laughs> no? <laughs> then I guess you better line up and get baptized. Yeah, maybe there was a, like a fight and the chieftain hit his head and then was suddenly like, oh yeah, this gospel makes sense. <laughs> it's like, well, he won in a, in a fight. So I guess his religion's <laughs> real. <laughs> you, you've bested me. So yeah, he went on to preach the gospel throughout Ireland and converted many people people, eventually thousands, and began mm. building churches across the country. Much of the confession concerns charges made against him by his fellow Christians at a trial. Mm. What this charge what these charges were, he doesn't explicitly say KG. Um, yeah, they made a lot of unfounded accusations. We don't need to go into what those were. <laughs> I don't think that's the important thing. The important thing is that I was totally innocent of everything. Yeah, of any, anything and everything. Everything. Just um, don't even worry about it. Not much of a confession writes... if you don't actually say what wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. It's, uh, it's just maybe he called it a confession because he was marketing himself and he wanted like it was like, right. it's a tell all. And then actually he doesn't tell very much. Yeah. <laughs> very vague tell all tell yeah. some so he writes that he returned the gifts which, which wealthy women gave him okay wait <laughs> <Did> not <laughs> accept payment for baptism or for ordaining priests and indeed paid for many gifts to kings and judges and paid for the sons of the chiefs to accompany him <laughs> so he's like yeah no i gave i gave back all the money they gave me for doing these things that i shouldn't have been paid for in the first place like baptisms <laughs> Right, right. What a guy. <laughs> yeah. He got all this money from rich ladies. Is like, so is he just being like a bit of a gigolo here? Well, I feel like we can kind of feel the content of the trial here, which is that St. <laughs> Patrick was walking around with like a lot of gold chains and rings and you know, yeah. fancy things. And this is what Jesus wants. It's just like, and they're like, hey, man, I feel like you're not getting what we're supposed to be doing here. And well, yeah, historians have concluded that he was accused of some kind of financial impropriety. You don't say And maybe that. of <laughs> having obtained his bishopric in Ireland with personal gain in mind. <laughs> wow, this is a story of St. Patrick I was not expecting. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the fact. St. Patrick, the 5th century's greatest grifter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's worked. We're still still celebrating him today. I know, right? Um, yeah. Celebrate St. Patrick's Day the traditional way by bilking uh, a rich lady out of her money. <laughs> start your own pyramid scheme. Exactly. Oh, maybe that's what we should do. <laughs> yeah, if you invest in our Patreon now, you can become, I don't know, a, a top tier Patreon earner through us. Just uh, give us £100 now. Ask questions later. We'll tell you how to start your own Patreon and then you can get money from that. <laughs> you just give us a small percentage of that. And so, yeah, um, exactly. Anyways. So this guy, he's going from town to town, bilking people out of money yeah. and converting them, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe uh, he's he went with like, Jesus says it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. So give me all your money and right. then you can enter the kingdom of God and then I'll enjoy it and then maybe I'll give it away later. It's like, I'm going to do this I'm going to put this towards good things. Mm. And by good things, I mean good clothes and good food. Am I right? <laughs> Eventually, he settled in the west of Ireland, where he became a bishop and ordained subordinate clerics. So again, pyramid <laughs> At a reasonable fee. Yeah. For ma learning materials and, and heating the convent. Oh, I'm sorry. Is my time worthless to you? Is that what you think? <laughs> that I, my time is just has no value. Oh, okay. Sorry, okay, you I think eternal <laughs> life should be free? 
Okay. Wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> so you think that God should just be really excited that you're on the team? No, you got to pay in. To get... <laughs> he writes that he baptized thousands of people and ordained priests to lead the new Christian communities. He converted wealthy women, some of whom became nuns in the face of family opposition. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy's just uh, convinced me to give up all my money and go and be in his cult. Uh, yeah, exactly. This is like, honey, you're in a cult. This is a cult here. He's asking you to give all your money and then become one of his brides. Rides? No, that's not cool. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Uh, mm. He also dealt with the sons of kings, converting them as well. Mm-hmm. Interesting mm-hmm. that he's only targeting wealthy people. Too. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> a lot of peasants were like, "Can we become Christians?" Oh, I don't know. It's a bit of a sort of a commitment that uh, I don't think you can quite make. Maybe they did the the Scientology way of like, you can, but you got to. What was it? It was like the billionaire we... contract. Yeah. Yeah. You have to sign a billionaire contract with St. Patrick. <laughs> so yeah, if you want to hear more about Scientology, you should also subscribe to our Patreon. You can learn about their founding mythological figure of Zenu. <laughs> exactly. The confession is generally vague about the details of his work in Ireland. <laughs> I definitely did a lot of work. Uh, people said bad things. They weren't true, but uh, lots of good things happened. This is like the mafia. It's like, what do you do? I'm an importer, exporter. Like that. He's got, <laughs> yeah. he's got this front of... Mm. Of, of running monasteries and things but that's not the real business is it the only thing that's cleansed here is your accounts yeah oh yeah not your souls so this is partly because as he says at points he was writing for a local audience of Christians who knew him and his work <laughs> so all his anecdotes are basically like and you guys know the rest also I love this is like people outside they don't understand but we get you it you have here. to be there you have to be yeah. there it's like we get it so it's like it seems like it's a scam I can see how from the outside you would think that this is a this is a scam and I'm just stealing these people's money and giving them <laughs> nothing in return. But if you lived in the area, if you yeah. knew me, you know, you'd, you'd know I was really doing a lot of good stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. His position as a foreigner in Ireland was not an easy one. His refusal to accept gifts from kings placed him outside the normal ties of kinship, fosterage and affinity. Mm. And legally he was without protection and says on one occasion that he was beaten, robbed of all he had and put in chains, perhaps awaiting execution. Oh no. So... I guess he did lose it all in the end, um, which I'm not saying <laughs> like, is for the best. Like all he had on him, or like, or, or maybe I guess it could be like a king, like yeah. had him arrested. He got and sanctioned. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> he is very much an, an Irish oligarch of the fifth yeah. century, <laughs> or not an, an and English. And that's the impression oligarch. I'm getting. He also says many years later he was held captive for sixty days, but doesn't give any further details. <laughs> Look, I don't want to go into it. It was just a tough time. <laughs> let's just move on. Yeah. Fair what happened to this guy? I said, let's move on. <laughs> so there was a supposed prophecy by the Druids, which which gives an impression of how Patrick was viewed by those hostile to him. Okay. They said, Across the sea will come Adzi Head, crazed in the head, his cloak with a hole for the head, his stick bent in the head. Wait, his cloak <laughs> with a hole in the head? Hole for the head? Like, how else would well, you... like his cloak with a hole for the head. So it's like a poncho, I guess. Yeah, well, like, yeah, how else would you put the cloak? It's wrap around. Yeah, I guess you wrap it around, but still. He will chant impieties from a table in the front of his house. All his people will answer, so be it, so be it. So that's mm. what the druids thought of him. So this was a this was a prophecy from before he got there? Yes. I think or it might have been like retrospectively they had this prophecy and they were like, It's him. The sign's important. Like 
Yeah. Yeah. Legend credits Patrick with teaching the Irish about the doctrine of the Holy Trinity by showing them a shamrock, the three-leafed Ooh. plant, using it to right. illustrate the Christian teaching of three persons in one God. So I guess mm. the reason this comes up here is like he was trying to speak to them in their own symbolic language right um, well how does he explain four-leaf clovers <laughs> oh that's a whole nother thing um <laughs> but do four-leaf clovers they're, they're very rare aren't they they're very rare but still it just it it was like well how do four-leaf clovers work into god's plan and so, uh, <laughs> shut up <laughs> shut up how about shut up how about that how about that <laughs> well there's the father the son and the holy ghost and then the fourth one's me so yeah so he was just like you know this plant it's got three leaves but it's one plant mm-hmm basically that each so it's these, just each. like the trinity solved it mm, yeah, just, um, i don't know is it is this metaphor like is it simple in like a genius way and then it like conveys a lot of information <laughs> or, is or, or is it just stupid? like simple like the people of ireland are bone dumb and they were like <laughs> they didn't get it except for like i don't know like you know that plant that's everywhere <laughs> <laughs> it's like well that. to be <laughs> fair the concept of the trinity doesn't make sense right so like it is hard to explain because right. it's dumb but also jesus used parables so yeah you know i guess it's like drawing parallel with the parables there <laughs> oh parable. okay yeah but the earliest written version of the story of him using shamrocks is given by a botanist called caleb throckeld in his 1726 synopsis stripium hibernicarum so i.e a very long time after Patrick was actually alive but in the 1680s there was a coin minted depicting Patrick clutching a shamrock which is fun I didn't know they had commemorative coins (laughs) before like the last century the scam has continued long after his death yeah (laughs) so wait so this botanist in the 17th century Uh, 18th century 18th century I guess he was just talking about clovers shamrocks Uh, and gave a a sort of throwaway comment because maybe it was like well known at the time it was and so he didn't go too much into it it's well known in irish folklore like colloquial um that that this is something that saint patrick said but nobody wrote it down before yeah apparently not yeah but in pagan ireland three was a significant number and the irish had many triple deities that might mm-hmm. have helped with his evangelization efforts when he held up the shamrock huh. although it's questionable whether the shamrock itself was actually <laughs> seen as a, a holy symbol among the the pagan um religions there oh. so it's it's a bit of backstory to why you see shamrocks on st patrick's day right but it's like a lot of things with his life it's quite shady okay but the irish were primed for this because they already had triple gods yeah okay yeah, exactly Exactly. So they got it. They got it. Another bit of crossover that you might enjoy. <laughs> In the 12th century, there is a work called A Calumna Senorach. I'm definitely pronouncing that wrong. Which tells of Patrick being met by two ancient warriors, Kylt McRonane and Oshin, Oshin oh. during his ev- evangelical travels. And the two were once members of Finn McCool's warrior band. Yeah. Isn't Oshin so, his son? Yes. <laughs> I think Oshin was the son of Finn McCool because he's the he's like the poet who wrote all the the yes. what's called the Finian uh, yeah, cycle or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. So basically, there's a, a legend attributed to Patrick that somehow he met these people from way longer ago. Yeah. And somehow they survived to Patrick's time. Yeah. They were mythical features, creatures, yeah. people, mythical people. figures. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so yeah, I thought you'd enjoy that because obviously Finn McCool was someone that we looked at in the Patreon as well. Yeah. So uh, in the tale, Patrick seeks to convert the warriors to Christianity while they defend their pagan past. The heroic pagan lifestyle of the warriors of fighting and feasting and living 
close to nature yeah. is contrasted with the more peaceful but unheroic and non-sensual life offered by Christianity, <laughs> which is like, this is fun too, sure. <laughs> it's like, sure, you love feast and fighting and fucking, but what if I told you... <laughs> what about praying, paying, and... Uh... Tenants, yeah. yeah. <laughs> praying, paying, and tenants. But what if, what if I told you there was a... You a could sit P's. quietly in a room and also not eat a lot. And feel terrible about yourself. Yeah, also you'll feel guilty about everything you've done or ever will do. How does that sound, huh? <laughs> Am I selling you on it? You want to put down your big leg of mutton to talk about this more? <laughs> oh, dear. But yeah, the tale is basically just that he met them. Doesn't say whether they, they converted or anything. <laughs> they were like, um, thanks, no thanks. Well, you know, if they'd lived hundreds of years with their own lifestyle, then why would they want any of that? Um, it's like, it's hey, you know what? It's starting to look like we're immortal, so uh, we're yeah. not really worried about the life to come. Yeah, we so. don't need to pay you our, our hundred, I was going to say euros. hundred euros. A <laughs> hundred gold coins to convert, yeah. because yeah, we've already got that down. <laughs> no, they're already like on the ground floor of the euro. They're like, look, we're immortal, and we know where this is going, so we're getting into the euros now. <laughs> All we have is euros, because those are going to be big in about... Uh, 400 2000, years. 2,000 yeah. years. 1,600 years, yeah. So in total, he preached and converted Round Island for 40 years, working mm. many miracles and writing of his love for God. After mm. years of living in poverty, traveling and enduring much suffering, he died... Was he living in poverty? Well, <laughs> after he got mugged, I guess. That's that one time he gets mugged, then he's like, never yeah. again. Well, that's the thing. They can't nick stuff off you if you don't have any stuff. So, yeah, he supposedly died on the 17th of March, 461. Although, again, could be any time. <laughs> just... But definitely the 17th of March. Yeah, exactly. As we know, it's always very specific yeah. on the day. He died at a place called Saul, which was where he had built his first Irish church and is believed to be oh. buried in Down Cathedral in Downpatrick. His grave mm. was marked in 1990 with a granite stone and his corpse became the object of a conflict in the battle for the body of St. Patrick. But unfortunately, oh. I can't find any more information about the battle. But there was one, oh. so that's exciting. Sounds like WrestleMania. But it's the battle for the body of St. Patrick. It's a... Woo! It's a steel cage ladder match. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's that's his life. So he wait, so underwhelmed. <laughs> so the, so the battle, so the battle for the body. Do we know? Does he have relics? Like, do we? Yes. So uh, in the National Museum of Ireland in Dublin, mm. there is a bell, the Bell of St Patrick, uh -huh. which is first mentioned in the Book of Guan Yu in the year 552. The uh -huh. bell was part of a collection of relics of Patrick removed from his tomb 60 years after his death by Saint <laughs> Columba to be used as relics. <laughs> like he doesn't need these anymore so respect for the dead just yeah. pillage the grave saint columbus running his own scam he's yeah. like i gotta get some of these well of course yeah little grave um, robin but we'll yeah. save saint it's Columba what patrick for... would have wanted <laughs> for sure it very much it chimes with his ethic yeah we'll learn more about saint columba in our dublin live show that's apparently happening now uh, <laughs> the bell is described as the bell of the testament one of three relics of precious minna i.e extremely valuable items of which the mm. other two are described as patrick's goblet and his gospel. Mm -hmm. uh, Columba is described to have been under the direction of an angel for whom he sent the goblet to down and the mm -hmm. bell to armor and kept possession of the gospel for himself. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. The angel told him to, to sell the bell to down for a very reasonable price. Yeah. So that's Columba's grift. Yeah. Those are those are the main sort of aspects of the, the relic. The, but um, his whole body's still in the same spot, as far as we Supposedly, know? but probably actually not. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, if, you, if, you're, if you're in there and you're grabbing the bell and the, and the testament and the goblet, you 
came in, you're probably grabbing you a skull or like a yeah. femur or two, you know. At least get some fingers. <laughs> you know. The fingers probably already hold is still holding onto the goblet, so you accidentally get some fingers <laughs> with that. Wait, can I go back to one thing? Like mm-hmm. isn't he meant to have forced out a bunch of snakes from yes. Ireland? Is this he an after death miracle? No, I can't remember why I didn't include it in the end. Kind of a big but, thing that we were all Yeah. Well, the thing is Do you think it didn't happen? Uh, <laughs> Well, I think it didn't happen. Most people think it didn't happen. The absence of snakes in Ireland has been noted from as early as the 3rd century, Mm. (laughs) but later attributed to a banishment by Patrick. However, all evidence suggests that there have never been snakes in Ireland since, uh, I think, the time of the Ice Age, basically, when it was covered in glaciers. Basically, the... It's so miraculous he did it before he was born. That's pretty pretty impressive when you think about it. Pre-birth miracles, yeah. It's even more impressive if you don't think about it. (laughs) According to the naturalist Nigel Monaghan, who is the keeper of natural history at the National Museum of Ireland. (laughs) That sounds like a great job. I am the keeper of history. (laughs) Hope he has a scepter. This naturalist has searched extensively through fossil collections and records and says that there was definitely nothing for Patrick to banish. Mm. So, yeah. But But in keeping with his scam, he probably showed up and was like, Huh? Have you noticed how there aren't no any snakes, snakes around here. anymore? And everyone's uh-huh. like, what's the snake? <laughs> that was me. It's like a worm, but it bites and it's poisonous. <laughs> it's like a bitey worm, yeah. And if you give me 50 bucks, I'll ensure they never come to your house. Um, also, I'm keeping away tigers. So. <laughs> <laughs> no one's seen any kangaroos here? No, 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 no. No alligators here? <laughs> you know? Hey, you can thank uh, old Sinny P for that one. <laughs> okay, so he never got rid of snakes. Well, this he is a real I'm shock. <laughs> yes. Did they give a reason for him... Like driving out the snakes just because people were just like, they're icky? I guess so. I guess, well, snakes have, you know, obviously associated with the devil, right? Right. And, you know, <laughs> they're generally thought to be sneaky, treacherous animals. So, are there any other, like, dangerous animals in Ireland? Mm, just the Irish. Hey! <gasps> <laughs> I think you should definitely cut that out, given nah, that you may exi- well I'm get just ki- people coming here because it's St. Patrick's Day and they want to learn about St. Patrick. And, no. you know, we might get 3% of our audience next week might be Irish and you've just ruined it. No, man is the most dangerous animal of all. Is that, well, that's is, true. Is my feeling. So, it's not just the right. Irish, it's everybody. <laughs> good, good save. Yeah. Do they have beavers in Ireland? <laughs> <laughs> I guess beavers aren't dangerous either. They must have bears in Ireland, though, right? Going to Google this? You're going to Google Irish Did bears? Not- Turn that safe search on. Oh, they used to be common in Ireland but they died out in the first millennium before Christ Mm. so Patrick drove them out too I guess okay another legend that didn't happen (laughs) do you want to hear about that one? Oh, good (laughs) let's hear about all the miracles well I mean there's less disputing of this in in the account that I have but fairly sure it didn't happen anyway so during his journey back to Ireland from his parents home Patrick is understood mm-hmm. to have carried with him an ash wood walking stick or staff. Mm-hmm. He thrust the stick into the ground wherever he was evangelizing. And mm-hmm. at the place now known as Aspatria, Ash of Patrick, the message of the dogma took so long to get through to the people that the stick had taken root by the time he was ready to move on. <laughs> I.e. his walking stick turns into a living tree. But yeah, I think that's, yeah. a bit of, that's not a tale he wants to be widely known because it suggests he wasn't very good at converting people. <laughs> just, or just really speak poorly to the people of Ash Patriera. You know, yeah. they're just he's just like, okay, 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 all right. Uh, let's do this one more time. Okay. So, okay. does a shamrock? Look, here's a sham. Okay, look, oh, maybe if I do this. There's a shamrock, okay? Three leaves and there's one god. So God's a shamrock. No. 
God is not. The... <laughs> oh my God. Okay. All right. It has been weeks. Why can't you people get this? God lives in the sky, uh-huh. and he's but three guys. But he's right. in the grass. He's he's everywhere. Okay. So God is everywhere. <laughs> so am I God? No, not really, but kind of. Yeah. <laughs> it's complicated. <laughs> Oh, look at my, since we've been here so long, my walking stick is now a just a tree. <laughs> a living tree. It's like he spent 40 years proselytizing around Ireland. 35 of those were just in Ashpatria. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that, that town took a while to get it. Yeah. <laughs> it's called the dumbest town in Ireland. <laughs> wow. I hope none of our listeners are from there. Yeah. <laughs> but again, stupid concept, you know, so what's to get really? Yeah. And I studied it for a while and I'm saying that. <laughs> You know, mm. maybe I'm originally from there. Who knows? Yeah. Are there any like after any other miracles? Any other after death miracles? Not that I have. <laughs> probably. Oh. There's pro- probably loads, but not worth. None, not really. None, none, are, none are canon. Yeah. None are worth mentioning. Well, because he was made a saint before the official like processes for becoming a saint were established. Right. You know, the Catholic Church didn't have to find evidence of miracles. <laughs> All they found evidence of was more financial crimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they started an investigation and they just abandoned it because it was just very embarrassing for the the whole church it was the fifth century how did he have an account in the cayman islands (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh so patronages i know you know one at least is he the patron saint of con men (laughs) not officially patron saint of secret cap years (laughs) like making your own kidnapping becoming a grifter yeah yeah nope embezzlement this is just um, our very ungenerous interpretation i suppose is he the patron saint of getting lost in the woods (laughs) he's the patron saint of people with a a fear of snakes so you know if you're lost in the woods and you're worried you're gonna get bitten by a snake while you're there maybe i guess that makes sense just this advice just like i don't know you want to go to ireland i already cleared that place out (laughs) yeah that's how you overcome your fear surely you overcome your fear by meeting some snakes yeah like new zealand doesn't have snakes or it didn't i think it has snakes now because they've been they're an invasive species but they didn't used to have snakes i don't think that's why because like everything on new zealand was a bird for a long time okay is he the patron saint of i don't know shirking your responsibilities (laughs) Well, he's the patron saint of hairdressers, so uh, you tell me. <laughs> what is that? What? No. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? You're saying? Are you saying, saying that hairdressers, hairdressers as a group yeah. are irresponsible? Yeah. I mean, you know, depending on who you look at, some of them are, you could say. You know, the hairdresser who invented the mullet, very irresponsible. Fair. <laughs> you think that was an intentional act of creation, not an accidental Either way, it was, you know, the fault of the hairdressers. He's also the, the patron saint of barbers, which I think is ironic given that he got tonsured as we've yeah, established just... that's a bad haircut i think any monk saint you'd look at and be like mm, you shouldn't be in charge of barbers yeah only uh nuns like, should it... be the patron saints of barbers it seems like uh yeah all his advice would be like mm, have you tried like shaving around the sides <laughs> in a big circle and then like putting a bald spot in the middle it's a great look <laughs> that's all the guidance he has I yeah like it's classic can i tell you something it is a look that has lasted for over 2,000 years. So you know what? Yeah. Don't tell me it's out of style. Fair play. What, what are his patronages? So. That uh, was he the patron saint of Ireland. It is. Well done. Good job. All right. What are his patronages so, uh, then? Against fear of snakes, against snakes, and against snake bites. <laughs> Okay. Very specific. No. <laughs> it seems like if you're afraid of snakes, the things you're afraid of are the snakes or the mm-hmm. bites. I don't know, just... If you subscribe to Patrick, right, $100, he'll get you against snake bites. $200, yeah. snake bites and snake. He'll protect right. you. 
$300, he'll cure your fear of snakes. Just, he'll erase the concept of snakes from your brain altogether. <laughs> exactly. So that's why mm. it's got to be all three. These are reasonable prices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> barrel makers and coopers. I don't know why. Maybe that was the biggest grift of the time, <laughs> was making barrels. Why is it barrel makers and coopers? Aren't coopers barrel so makers? So I thought coops were just the hoops that the barrels are molded around, but I don't know. Maybe. Also blacksmiths and mm -hmm. engineers and miners. Okay. Excluded people because <laughs> excluded. <laughs> he was, you know, as a as a wealthy Roman, he was a real outsider. Yeah, if you're outside of a clique, just kind of pay pay to St. Patrick to get. Uh, <laughs> that was a good Freudian the slip there. You said pay to St. Patrick. Yeah, I'll pay or pray. You know, whatever. What's you gotta pay to pray with St. Yeah. Patrick. They were the same thing to St. Patrick. Exactly. Pay to pray. Listen, you could waste a lot of time praying to me and hoping I'll give you a miracle, <laughs> or we can fast just fast track fee. Yeah, exactly. Get. Same day results on the miracle if you pay a small fee. <laughs> Express delivery. Mm -hmm. There's an extra charge. He, so mm -hmm. as well as Ireland, he's also the patron saint of Nigeria. Ooh. Of Auckland in New Zealand. Uh, also a place with no snakes. Adelaide in Australia. Fairly sure there are snakes there, though. There's almost certainly snakes. <laughs> I think the governor is a snake. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Boston, Massachusetts. That checks out. Cape Town. <laughs> Somehow that also checks out. El Paso, Texas, Melbourne, Australia, Australia. and New York as well. Huh. Lots of places, basically. So, okay. yeah, so that's it. <laughs> Two countries, a bunch of cities. And people who hate one kind of animal. People who are just like, fuck snakes. <laughs> <laughs> their place in the ecosystem is not as important as their place in our theology. So. <laughs> Quite, yeah. Mm, so, yeah, that's, that's what I got. So, Anna, do you think that there would be a point where you would have St. Patrick intervene well, for you? You know, as someone who, like so many of us, is faced with the cost of living crisis and, you know, all our budgets being squeezed at the moment and that kind of thing, maybe starting a grift is a good plan. <laughs> we should... <laughs> We should turn to him for that wisdom. He was definitely very wise on that. Mm, yeah, yeah. Also, you know, when you accidentally evade all your responsibilities and go traveling, that's always right. an option, you know? Yeah, I do think that, you know, when eventually when I abandon my family because <laughs> the pressures of fatherhood are too yeah. much, but then I feel bad about it after about six mm -hmm. years. It'd be good to have St. Patrick on my side to back up my pirate story. <laughs> like, honey, I was kidnapped by pirates. <laughs> yeah. So how did you escape? Prayer? I didn't want to hide out in Ireland. <laughs> that's not me. You know me. <laughs> I'm a guy who just is easily duped by pirates. <laughs> but um, in other, all other ways, very responsible. Yeah. Or, you know, if I was in the middle of some kind of scam, you know, it seems like he's good. Well, he's you good know. depending on which end of the scam you're on. Yeah, well, if I'm running the scam. Yeah, right. Saying, which you're saying it's I'm more likely. Because I feel like as, a, I... as an adult over a certain age, you're, you're more likely to be the victim of a scam. <laughs> That's hurtful. Um, I mean, I almost convinced you to buy 10,000 lottery tickets the other day. <laughs> but that's not a scam. That's money in the bank. I'm losing money if I don't buy 10,000 lottery yeah, tickets. Yeah, and all you have to um, do is pay me a consultancy fee of a further 2,000 pounds. Well, I have that kind of money now that I've bought 10,000 lottery exactly. tickets. Wait, so St. Patrick's Day, mm -hmm. big holiday yeah. in the US at least. Yeah, and Ireland, unsurprisingly. Is it big in Ireland? I don't know. Like it could be. I I, I wondered about yes, that. Yes, it's if a it's, big deal in Ireland. Is is it a big deal in Ireland? It okay, is. I don't know. What do I uh, Also, apparently, I've just found a different list. Apparently, he's also a patron saint of paralegals. Oh, that makes no, no sense. sense what, what? <laughs> just paralegals, but not lawyers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that's St. Mark, yeah, so, right? St. Patrick's Day is huge. Celebrated in Malta, Norway, mm. Russia, <laughs> Bosnia and Herzegovina, mm. Scotland, Switzerland, Lithuania, Japan, Korea and Malaysia, and Montserrat huh. in the Caribbean. And hmm. it is also celebrated on the International Space Station. <laughs> 
That sounds like a terrible place to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. Yes, an Irish-American <laughs> named Catherine Coleman played a hundred-year-old flute belonging to Matt Malloy and a tin whistle belonging to Paddy Maloney, both members of the <laughs> Irish music group The Chieftains, right. while floating weightless in the space station on St. Patrick's Day in 2011. And her performance... <laughs> that was... has got to be the most annoying space station. <laughs> hey, can you whistle. shut up with the tin whistle? Yeah, we're, we are in a small tube in space. <laughs> The last thing I want is you to play a fucking tin whistle. (laughs) Yeah, her performance was later included in a track called The Chieftains in Orbit on the group's 2012 album, Voice of Ages. I'm not sure. Oh, on St. Patrick's Day two years later in 2013, Chris Hadfield, another a Canadian astronaut, took photographs mm. of Ireland from Earth orbit and a picture of himself wearing green clothing in the space station <laughs> and also posted a recording of himself singing Danny Boy in space. Oh, so, yeah. I, that. I mean, the picture was nice and then it started going down. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mm. add music. So yeah. celebrated in, I'm glad you asked because it's celebrated in lots of places, including space. But not in England. Well, I mean, it is in in the way that anything celebrated in England, you know. Right. I feel like the thing about St. Patrick's Day is it feels offensive. <laughs> like, what? Because it feels like oh, because people I don't dress know, up as like leprechauns and stuff. Well, that's part of it, yeah. yeah. But like, I don't know, because it's so associated with drinking, yeah. at least in the United States. I don't know how it's celebrated in say Finland or Korea, but or Norway. Well, Korea. I can, Was it Norway I can tell. You. Well, Matt, you've got to learn they're not the same place. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! I really am losing this all the credit for that like, apology to be fair norway has only had a st patrick's day parade in oslo since 2000 it was first organized by irish expats living in norway and partly mm. coordinated by the irish embassy in oslo oh, okay but like it seems like it's very focused on drinking mm. in america right. i don't know if that's the case everywhere but in america it feels like offensive to the irish because it feels like the irish are being unfairly maligned as a country of drunkards yeah. which is you know, which is not true. The Irish don't drink more. I mean, more. it doesn't mention Patrick drinking in this tale at all. That's also true. Good point. But then Donald yeah. Trump doesn't drink, does he? So you can still be a very <laughs> bad person and grifter without alcohol being involved. In fact, I've, it makes me wonder if, yeah. <laughs> if the two are linked. <laughs> yes. Maybe maybe the, the key to not being evil is having a little drink every once in a while, you know, it really evens you out. Wow. But yeah, no, I just feel like it's it's just not fair to the Irish people to, to like that, the, that there is this holiday that celebrates, quote unquote, Irish culture, but involves mostly yeah, drinking. Yeah, but I mean, that's, that's every holiday as celebrated in England. <laughs> like, you know, so. I mean, on Christmas, <laughs> people get rat Like, that's <laughs> just, you know, it's St. George's Day. I'm fairly sure it's the same. Mm. Just people just love an excuse for a party. Okay. Well, uh, I don't know. I just feel like you don't have to drag the good name of the Irish people into yes, this. Yes, I, I agree. Because I've, I've been to yeah. Ireland a couple times. It's a beautiful country. The people there were always I mean, super nice to me. you were just very me. much they maligning were... one of their primary... Uh, <laughs> cultural contributions or musical contributions the chieftains uh, look i'm not into (laughs) look i'm not gonna lie to you the the irish music fine without but (laughs) what okay defend you two to me now oh god listen i love the pokes Okay. Well, I like that one. No, poke there song. are many good poke songs. <laughs> I don't know. This is, I don't. I don't really make it. You, you should listen you know, to all of them. Anyway, yeah. In England, the British Royals traditionally present bowls of shamrock to members of the Irish Guards, a regiment in the British Army. <laughs> what a useless fucking gift. So you know, you can have drinking, or you can have like fucking royalism. <laughs> Here's a bowl okay? of weeds, you assholes. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Is the Irish Guard a guard made up of Irish? people or is it a guard from the irish thank you for keeping those dirty irish in their place well, boys thanks i don't really know 
very much about the history of Britain in Ireland. I understand it's not good. You should look into that. It's pretty bad. (laughs) Yeah, I think they are made up of Irish people, but it's probably kind of a... I mean, there there are plenty of Northern Irish people who love the royal family, who are are very, you know, they're as Irish as as anybody, but also British. As I said, I'm not very au fait with the the history and politics. See, much like the Shamrock, the people of Northern Ireland are three things. They are Irish, Northern Irish, and British. Very good, very good. Good, yeah. good, See, good, uh, you can use the shamrock for all history. kinds of things. <laughs> you know, for Patrick, though, it could be known as a scamrock. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm telling you, if you, next time you guys need to try to make a, a difficult point, just use the shamrock. You can be like, look, this leaf is me, and this leaf is you, and this leaf is your friend Deborah, and this is why we should have a threesome. <laughs> wow. Okay. Shamrock. <laughs> On that note, I think we should end <laughs> it. <laughs> all right. So, um, well, thank you, Anna, for uh, bringing me the tale of, once again, a British person going to Ireland and stealing whatever they can. Wow. Uh, <laughs> you are so welcome. <laughs> it's been a fun time. I hope people enjoy it. And have, everybody has a happy St. Patrick's yeah. Day. However you celebrate it, re- remember that the Irish are not a stereotype. They are a beautiful people, full of culture, and they're very nice and in general. <laughs> I guess as nice as any. There's probably, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say there's not some assholes out there in Ireland. It's not true. <laughs> what Matt's trying to say is Irish people are people too. Yeah, what a hero saying, you are. <laughs> I'm saying my definitive power rankings are now Finland and then Ireland. Right, yeah. <laughs> Somewhere in there. I don't know. Uh, that's not definitive. I'll have to figure out my rankings no, of countries. No, it's, it's but, definitely uh, subject definitely to change. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For now. Depending on how the download numbers for this episode go. <laughs> what Matthew's saying is he can be bought. And so true. Ple- yeah, please do rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs> anyway, but thanks again, Anna. Well, you're welcome, Matthew. Have a blessed day. Bye. You too. Bye. Yeah. Bye.